You're listening to the team Top Figure Podcast. Your one-stop shop for entrepreneurship, lifestyle, and motivation. What is up, everybody? It's your boy Abdi Hassan, Top Figure Wisdom. My co-host isn't here with me today, but I'm with one of my good friends. Um, we started both of our entrepreneurship journey actually the same month, which was pretty funny, and that's when we met. Uh, yeah, with that being said, I want to introduce you guys to my good friend, Aditya, the CEO and founder of Fountain. Hey, guys. Um, pleasure to meet you all, actually. Um I'm kind of glad that I'm finally getting to speak on yeah, this it podcast. Was, it was surprising. Like we had everybody, we had a lot of different people on and uh, we had to make him the first feature of 2019, the first feature, because this is a good friend of mine. So Aditya, pretty much, man, just uh, for the people that don't know you, like your background, like your story, like where you're from, just go, go into that a little bit and tell people like your journey, man, so far. Hey, uh, so that's that's funny that you said that, right? Um, two years ago, um, we started at the same time that Abdi and Salman started their company, Top Figure. We met each other in uh, the Best Buy headquarters in a minibar technology conference. Um, we just went to them and said, hey, uh, we are here to help young entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs of any caliber get to the market. We build really capital efficient technology. We're trying to figure this whole thing out. And we just like wiped hard then because we didn't have anything going our way and they seemed to have nothing going their way either. We both had zero clients at this time. It was literally one month into it and we were both starting. So that was dope. And since we've just been really good friends, just talking with each other throughout our journey, what we face, what things happen. So let's get more into um, like your background, like where you're from and stuff, you know? I actually came from India. I lived there 17 years of my life. I came here for school. Um, so back in India, I mean, it's good, right? Like it's it's developing, it's growing. There's a lot of, great stories that you hear about the companies that are getting started there. But the problem is it's not at a point where it can really hold the capacity of the number of sheer amount of people that are there and and the educational institutions need to improve and the whole infrastructure needs to improve. So um, I said to myself, I cannot compete with the top 5% of India even because everybody's so smart. I need to get to the US and, and really get to a good school there and learn from there and probably build my life there. So I applied to a bunch of universities when I was 15, 16 years old. I got into a bunch of universities, right? I either wanted to go to University of Texas in Austin or University of Minnesota. So I, I told myself, hey, like I want to really go to this place where it's freezing cold because if everybody wants to go to New York and California, people probably will miss out going to Minneapolis. I want to go here. It seems really cool. And also, I saw the sheer amount of Fortune 500 companies that are here. Mm-hmm. thought it's a great opportunity. The highest per capita Fortune 500 companies in the world. There must be, they must be doing something right. I need to go to this place. Um, and I ended up coming here. Okay. 
Dope, dope. So pretty much like, what was it like back home? Like, what were like, what would you do on it before you? Because you obviously didn't have Fontaine at this time. You didn't have your company. What would you do like on a day to day basis? You know, like what was fun for you? Like, or did you always have that entrepreneurship mindset? Did you always know like I'm gonna work for myself one day? Because like the thing with um me and Sal, what's funny was like we always knew like somehow, some way we were gonna be entrepreneurs, but we didn't know how, that wasn't the answer. We just knew in our head some way we're gonna be entrepreneurs. So were you always like that? Or once you came to Minnesota, the energy rubbed off, you were like, holy snap, I have to start an idea. So uh, that's interesting, right? I actually, I mean, it might go both ways. Some people might, you know, suddenly they see something where they become entrepreneurial, that could totally happen, but I believe that I was always entrepreneurial in a sense. Um, So back in India, my day to day, right? I was actually kind of a rebel kid. I used to do super bad in my school. I, I used to do super bad in my school. I didn't do great and I didn't have a great relationship with my family for a bit because you know Indian families are always like pushing you to study harder and I was obviously not that kid (laughs) so I kind of fucked up a little bit there but um in 2014 actually I um attended a lot of model United Nations so model United Nations for the people that don't know is like a simulation of the United Nations conferences Mm -hmm. you kind of pick a country and there is committees like United Nations General Assembly Security Security Council and you get to represent your a country that you pick and debate on a topic together in the okay. way that United Nations works. So this is what I was most interested in back in high school, right? I yeah. used to go to a lot of events like this, represent different countries and talk okay. about these things. And then I was also part of a lot of different student parliaments. Yeah. And eventually one day I was like, wait, wait, wait a minute, right? If everybody is doing a MUN, everybody is kind of like putting together one. Right. Why? Sh- why shouldn't we do one? Oh, and I told okay. um, people in my high school, let's let's organize one. It's going to be the best MUN ever. And they're all like, are you crazy? We're all like 14, 15 years old here. I don't think we can really do this. So what I said to myself is, I think we can totally do this. I think there's a great, a great opportunity here. We can totally do this. Um, there was a friend of mine that owned a school, like a big college in India. I told him, hey, if we can do this under your school's name, I have a big plan. So a group of my friends, we got together and we organized this big MUN, which turned out to be the second biggest MUN after Harvard MUN in all of South India. Wow. So we got four to 500 people to come to this event. It, it, it was one of the biggest events of the 2014 calendar year of the city that we were in called Hyderabad, which is the fourth largest city. But we got people from the neighboring countries. We got people from all the schools down in South and North India. And at 14 to 15 years of age, being able to pull that off is something that I think that I was capable of. But then I totally could see the entrepreneurial spirit in me. Okay, dope, dope. So pretty much um, yesterday, me and you were speaking about like your company's growth. So what was it like really? Because like from pretty much going, yeah, so you went from zero to uh one hundred to one fifty five k, you know that's like a big jump from zero to the first. Cause it's always a celebration. Like everyone, you have to celebrate your first hundred thousand. That's just like a milestone of something you hit and something you celebrate. So what was like the what what was like the feeling of hitting like your first 
over the 100K mark. You know, that's funny that you say that because I think um, milestones from the outside, like 100,000, for example, from the outside, it seems like a pretty <laughs> big number and it's like, holy shit, that's a milestone. But I, for one, think milestones can be much smaller than that. When you f get your first client, that's a milestone, man. When you sell something where your client is happy with what you sold, that's a milestone. This is all these small milestones where you personally know that when you hit them personally, that you you know it. You can see the 100,000 coming because of the small milestone, yeah. right? I, I think 100,000 is a very arbitrary number. I mean, I'm happy about it. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm super happy about it. I'm thrilled. But... I knew it that it was coming because I like Got one prepared. year back there was a happy customer and I knew this hundred thousand was in the way. Yeah. So, so it's all about yeah because milestones are huge. You gotta celebrate the small wins because I always say this. You gotta celebrate the small wins so you could prepare for the big wins because you don't just get a big win without winning small a bunch of different times and that equivalates to a big win. So that was huge. And some people it's because it sounds like. As a business, once you're running a business, it sounds it sounds like huge. Like for regular people, hundred thousand sounds huge, you know. But then once you have business expenses, everything else, people don't see that. So like, are you excited for twenty nineteen? What like what what are your goals to hit? You know, because you always because one thing I do is I aim high, like really really high to something that I might not hit. But then like once I hit like half of that i'm still satisfied because i aimed like three times as high as i should actually hit and that's putting in my mind that this is possible so like what's something that you're doing or working towards right now to hit the big goal that you have set for this year so um that's a really good question i just want to bring out what we actually do because i think uh it's it's important to like first start off by what we started out doing so two years back when i realized that there is kind of this need in the market right i saw that there is really interesting entrepreneurs high determined entrepreneurs that have technology ideas but there was no way that they could have got this technology idea to make it into a product and launch it into the market because as of today making a web app or a mobile app or any kind of building a technology is expensive man it sucks it's it's so much money for something that you don't know is going to not work work in the market right that's <laughs> yeah just, that's just it like you're gonna spend hundred thousand dollars of your social security into the shit and it, sh it doesn't work what are you gonna do for the rest of your life so i was like there is clearly a market there's so many resources out in india that these guys like don't have good work to do but if you can package them and sell it to these entrepreneurs that that are are determined to get their idea to the market at a very capital efficient way right like get it five times cheaper and really help them launch into the market that's a need that we saw so for two years, we've been doing that. Successfully, we've launched six companies into the market. Okay. Three companies are now valued at two to $3 million and few of more are on, on the works, right? Okay. So now um, we think we always want to work with Idea Stage entrepreneurs, they're wonderful. Um, I, I'm, I really get pumped working with Idea Stage entrepreneurs. So for, for 2019, however, we wanna shift our focus to product stage companies now yeah. because yeah. Working with idea stage entrepreneurs is fun, but at the it's same... It's tough to scale. It, it's tough to scale, yeah, and the tough. thing is, they don't have anything to lose. It's just their idea, Yeah. right? But I have time, effort, and money to lose. Like, we're already in business. Yeah. We can't just be messing around. Like That's it's, huge. That's... It's not a hobby for me. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. And that's why, like, at first, 
I think when you first started and we used to speak back then and you were like, yeah, the, our problem we're going to run into later is so many people have ideas. Everyone has an idea. Like I think of 10 new app ideas every single day, but am I going to do them? No. So like to work with ideas is they're not like as invested. They won't give you like a hundred thousand to build their idea and turn it into an actual product. So I think it is a smarter route to go with the product because they're more so like they have like probably three people working for them. They know that they know ROIs, they know their money, they know like exactly rather than just someone coming up to you, I got this idea, let's make this possible, you know? Yeah, so what we thought here that our, our um, what, what we just like introspected, right? And we said, what are we really good at? Mm-hmm. We're good at making it efficient and effective for technology entrepreneurs to launch their products into the market or scale from the market, right? Mm-hmm. And we said to ourselves, as you said, right? Idea stage entrepreneurs, they have nothing to lose. But product stage entrepreneurs, man, look at them. They've invested something into this and got into the market, right? They have everything to lose. Help them out. Help them out because they're willing to do anything. (laughs) And we actually saw that working. So for 2019, we think we're going to hit 500,000 and help actually 10 companies launch and scale into the market. So Abdi, one one point that I want to bring out is that when you said um, you aim for three times higher and you might not reach it and you Mm -hmm. might not be satisfied, there's there's a really interesting framework called as OKR, Objectives and Key key Results. Mm -hmm. This is a framework launched in Silicon Valley first by a venture capitalist named John Doerr. He's the head of Kleiner Perkins. They invested in Intel and Googles of the world. There's a TED Talk called OKRs by John Doerr. Check it out, guys. So what they say is that it's not about, like, it's not about setting goals that are reachable. It's about setting the goals that are not reachable, right? Exactly. Because you jump two times higher than, it's not about, like, it's not about reaching the goals that you can achieve. It's about jumping two times higher, I think. Exactly. So with this podcast, like, the, the, the main thing that we always try to provide is, someone to gain something out of it so pretty much the reason uh one of the reasons we wanted you on here is you understand ideas you understand how to bring ideas to life let's say i have an idea right and i don't and it might not be an app it might just be a physical product like what should i do to take action on my idea you know, like, what would you recommend if I have an idea and I need to take action? Like, what are procedures and things I should do that way to value the people that listen to this so they understand, okay, this is what I need to be working on now, you know? That, that's a great question. This is where I actually, like, have my expertise in. So, the most important thing to do, guys, when you have an idea is that research. Research is the key. It's the king, Right. Mm-hmm. Research can be done in a lot of different ways. First of all, the most important thing to do is that when you have an idea, ideas are arbitrary, ideas are hypothetical, ideas are rhetorical. Have that in a piece of paper documented. The most important thing throughout the entire process is organization and documentation. Now, when you document it, I would start by researching. Researching means in-depth interviews. Yeah. Figure out all the stakeholders that are involved in the idea. For Airbnb, it would be the renters that would rent the house and the owners that would own the house. So if I were Brian Chesky that had the idea for the Airbnb concept, I would start by um, interviewing some people that owned houses and interviewing some people that travel a lot. 
Okay. And start by just like asking them basic questions around everything. I'd like to know everything about them, right? Because you want to build a product around their around them. You want to build an experience for them. So I really want to see if there is a value proposition that we can give them, right? When you have this in-depth interview, like I would get it back, I would write everything down from the meeting, I'd condense it down and have more documentation. Then I would do focus groups based focus on groups based on huge. yep it's yeah. huge it's really I huge i think focus groups is probably the biggest takeaway guys like focus groups is probably like what tells you what works and what doesn't that's right. pretty right. much the direction of where you're growing with right. your idea right right so in the research phase even um when when you do into in-depth interviews you have more condensed material on how to perform a focus group then i do a focus group of more people and like really ask these qualitative questions that brings out insights that you wouldn't otherwise have now you document all of this and you send out surveys mm. you send out broad surveys to a statistic of more than 100 2000 people and have real data to back out your hypothesis because at the end of the day an idea to a product stage is about proving your hypothesis yep so it's it's all about having more data having more concrete proof that your idea makes sense okay perfect perfect well guys uh this was an amazing podcast i mean this was one of my really really great friends in the entrepreneurship scene we started together uh glad i could have him on season 2 i'm telling you guys we're bringing you guys some of the most valuable people in the industries with this one guys i hope you took away how to bring your idea to life Remember, an idea will always be an idea if you never take action. The biggest thing is take that first step. They say the richest place is the graveyard cuz so many people just die with their ideas and they never do action, all right? So, thank you Aditya for coming on. Uh thank you for giving them just some tips on things they could do with their ideas because everybody has an idea. No matter who it is, everybody has an idea. So guys, just take these small tips and make sure you're implementing it make sure you're valuing it and uh yeah let um let them know where they could find you man hey um abdi first of all thank you so much for finally having me on your podcast um i've looked at some of your audience they're really high spirited and i hope i i hope you guys all succeed i hope you guys take action as abdi said like take some action right take yeah. the first step today like today is the day when you're going to take your first step exactly just do it like start by learning more start by doing something right but do it do, do it. it that's the biggest thing that's yeah. the biggest thing um reach out to me on um aditya busu 1234 aditya bussu 1234 on yep. instagram or connect with me on linkedin aditya sirpragada aditya s i r i p r a g a d a okay perfect and guys thank you for listening to another keycast where we give you endless keys to open endless doors and i'll see you next time Yo 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 we're back with another episode it's been a long time man so it's how long it's been a minute oh my god man like this is what like the the third season we're going to do the third season yeah, this is yeah. season 3 but with this we had to bring someone special in my oh, man my man he's actually he's yep yep but my man flew all the way from dublin to hop on this episode man i'll let the man introduce himself Yeah, how are you guys straight out of Dublin? We are here in Minnesota too to work with the team. Uh always good to come by. We work with the the top figure squad, so happy yes, to be here. Yes sir, yes sir. So, man, uh so 
tell people your first and last name, you know, like where are you from, why you decided to move to Dublin, why you took the position at Workday, you know? Yeah, I'll walk you through it a little bit. It, it can be kind of confusing, but um, I'm half French, half Norwegian. Uh, I grew up in Paris most of my life until I was 16, 17, then went to Minnesota for a year exchange in high school, kind of fell in love with the place, the city. Eventually uh, came to college here at the U of M, Carlson School of Management. And um, yeah, it's, it's been pretty good. And throughout my time here, I was able to create a startup as well as study in Hong Kong um, and work mostly in, in the US, but also Europe and Asia. Um, when I graduated last year, I got a job with uh, Workday Silicon Valley company out in, in Europe, kind of to open up the European market for them. Um, pretty big uh, kind of unicorn, 15,000 employees, $15 billion company now, and uh, kind of crushing it in, in the whole software world against uh, companies like Oracle and, and SAP. So just trying to trying to get it out there and, and in Europe, and it's been good so far. Mm, I like that. So earlier when we were having a conversation, you mentioned uh, you had a hard time deciding whether to stick with the startup that you were involved in or taking the position on at Workday. What was that transaction like? Because you were working at the startup before and now you work for a company. Like, we're all entrepreneurs here, you know? We're always gonna have the entrepreneur spirit, but there's people that wanna stick with the corporate world and you kinda have the, you tested both worlds, you know? So what would you recommend for someone that's trying to get into the corporate world or someone that's trying to get into the entrepreneurship world? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. I think I've always been an entrepreneur at, at heart. Um, the startup I had in, in college, I mean, it still exists, not as involved as it used to be. Uh, it's called Fountain, and they've actually gone to like half a million in revenue a couple months ago. So uh, that's pretty cool. But the decision really came down to, um, yes, I did the whole startup thing. I had a choice between going full time for the startup or try this whole corporate thing. And I think that being an entrepreneur at, at heart, um, made me kind of decide on the fact that I had so much to learn still. And if I chose a good corporate, big corporate company where I could leverage the network in that company, learn as much as possible about technology, uh, processes that work over time, use that experience to eventually uh, build my own company down the road. So I think the startup experience was really, really good, but I can see that after being one year at corporate America, whatever you want to call it, uh, I've learned more than I ever have in my life. And whatever I could bring to a startup down the road with that experience in, is invaluable. And um, it's kind of a controversy to just say that when all the guys here at Top Figure say like, go entrepreneur, go entrepreneur, <laughs> right? But, but, but there's value sometimes, sometimes based on what you want to do. And I want to do something that's pretty international. You need to take some time at traveling the world, seeing, working in businesses that work in different markets just so you can open up your mind, become more adaptable and eventually have a, a bigger impact. So that's, that's kind of my vibe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that speaks to what Gary Vee says, like, you know, just be, when you're in your early 20s, just do whatever you want and like explore as much things, travel and all that kind of things. So what would you recommend, like, as far as like, how has that really like, you know, affected your, you know, like ability to, you know, like how, how has that journey been for you? You know, like, have you seen a lot of things in the, you know, like you've met a lot of different cultures, different types of people. You travel every single day. Every time I'm on my Instagram, you're like, <laughs> it's like literally like every, within like the next day, you're just like already bouncing to like a new city and all that kind of stuff. So how's that like really like helped you out a lot? Like, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. Yeah, it's been busy lately. I mean, this since the, since I started a job a year ago, it's been like eighteen countries. So that's a, uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a good amount. But it's 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 been fun. I'd say like uh, what I like about it and how it's impacting me and whatever. I guess I guess it comes down to 
I like new challenges. And every time I can get out of my comfort zone, it's made me grow, and, uh, grow so much more. And I think that's really what I try to tell people. It's like, I've lived, in, I've lived in three, four different continents, five, six different big like metropolitan cities. Uh, and it really comes down to how are you able to challenge yourself, adapt yourself to a new place? Because eventually in business, in an entrepreneurship, you have to adapt all the time. But the most important, I think, is the opportunities to create a network everywhere you go. Because the people you meet are really going to be what's going to make the difference between you making it or not making it. Yeah. Um, it's about what you can learn from people, what you can give a value of people, creating that relationship and eventually make that relationship even bigger by creating something bigger than yourself. Um, and I think that now, like, my goal is to create the biggest network I can. If your network is your net worth, create it as international as possible so that when I create something bigger than myself, when I create a company or if I continue with the startup ad in colleges, leveraging that network to create some kind of all-star squad of people from all over the world, the smartest people out there that I've met throughout my life, and, and just go at it and, and impact the world as much as possible. That's kind of the mindset. Yep. Yeah, so that's the key thing. And I really can say that this is going to be the topic of the conversation is like being out of your comfort zone. That's one thing I, I noticed you said a lot. And, you know, a lot of things that well, and that goes into, you know, like we get a lot of questions on like, what can I do to, you know, where should I start? All these kind of things. And the biggest thing is if you don't um, know what you're doing, just do a whole bunch of things and get out of get outside your comfort zone. And what other advice would you say to a starting bud entrepreneur or somebody who's trying to, you know, get, get a taste of things like where what would you recommend as far as outside of networking and you know getting out of your comfort zone that you've that's helped you a lot i'd say like out of out of all that out of getting out of my comfort zone it's really like um I, i've traveled etc and that that's helped me but i think like um another thing i want to point out which is kind of in the same direction get out of your comfort zone it can be on like a lower scale local scale it can be like starting going to the gym again it could be meet someone new every day uh, whatever that might be, but I think that a thing that I've learned over time is like spend time to learn about things that you've never heard of or learned before. Mm. Uh, because I find myself on YouTube watching basketball, house of highlights, all that kind of bullshit, and it's it's great, but it's like I'm wasting a lot of time, even though I'm doing good things. So yeah. it's like you can always spend your time in a more clever way. So I think it's it's all about being curious mm. is the number one skill you need to have. Anytime you see something, you meet someone that tells you about a certain subject, like look it up, learn about it and take notes because it's super easy to watch a YouTube video about you some forget. kind of interesting topic and you forget. Take small notes, like it doesn't have to be extensive. It don't make your goals too high at first. Like maybe you learn a new thing every week, like one topic that you look into like maybe every day for like an hour, whatever that might be, or even a half hour, uh, but just spend time and be curious on new things because the amount of things that you can learn over time is, is incredible and we're wasting a lot of time all the time and I am I'm guilty of it for sure. Mm, I like that. No, this uh, this episode is pretty interesting because all the advice we give is for from an entrepreneurship perspective, you know. And not everyone not all the listeners are gonna be entrepreneurs, you know. There's gonna be a person that isn't made to be an entrepreneur, you know. If everyone was an entrepreneur, no one would be an employee. So one thing I wanna ask is you kind of understood both sides, and that's why this is a really great interview. But more so on the corporate side, what are things that they should expect and do as soon as they get in? Because people would just get in and just try to be quiet or try to not say much and try to stay under the radar their first couple of years. You're actually doing the total opposite. 
you're trying to get promoted as fast as you can and and your your position at that you're at right now you're talking to a lot of sea levels you know yeah so what would you recommend for someone that's just entering the market right now as a corporate you know employee yeah it's, it's a really good question and it really comes down to um making the right choice in the first place. Like when you go out and interview for different companies, you should be interviewing those companies just as much as they interview you. Ooh. So that, that step needs to be taken because I interviewed for a lot of companies before I graduated for college and I actually didn't get them. And I'm actually so happy I didn't because it wouldn't have been a good fit. And sometimes when you don't get a job, it's because they see that it's not a good fit. And so it's mutually beneficial in that sense. So be picky about which company you choose. Put yourself in a company where you can be yourself. I think that's the most important. It's like yeah. find a company that's like create a culture where you can be yourself mm. because that changes everything in the world. At least for me, like I love going to work. If I didn't go to work like certain weeks, I mean, obviously I like to take my PTO, etc. But when I have to go to work, like I'm so happy. I have a lot of my best friends that work with me in a big corporation because I chose a company where there was a young team, international team, people that are open-minded and where it's dynamic. So I think it really comes down to pick the right company where you feel comfortable. And if you have a, a weird feeling when you interview with a company and, and you feel like it might not be a fit, don't, don't take the step of just locking it down. Don't settle for anything. Really don't settle because it's going to take you back more than taking you forward. Mm, yeah, that's a good point because uh, people have a hard time. And the biggest thing is if you don't have experience, you're not going to essentially get the job that you want or the role you want right away because most of these jobs, they require experience or you must be well-connected within the organization. How was it that you got into it or did you have experience prior? Yeah, I'd say so. My role is like international sales. We sell this, we sell this pretty big enterprise software uh, to the biggest companies in the world, and I'm in charge of the Nordic market, so Norway, Sweden, uh, Finland, and Denmark. I mean, I've had some sales experience ever since I was pretty young, uh, but I think overall, the most important thing is that you got to find what your strengths are, and then you got to pick out really like an, an industry that you're interested in and start like looking out for, for those kind of companies. But I'd say like the, the, easy, the easiest way to answer your question is... Um, you don't necessarily need experience on how to deal with corporate America or big companies. It's more so like you get to make a name for yourself. You really get to prove yourself. So until you prove yourself, you can't be the loudest. You have to learn. You have to make relationship with all the people that you need to make relationship with, but show that you're curious and that you want to learn. And once you've proven yourself, whatever that might be in sales, it's really easy. It's how many deals you've closed, right? Whatever quota have you hit. Once you've proved yourself, you can become the mentor. You can become the guy helping out. You can become a key partner to your management team. Mm -hmm. So get yourself in that position, but really be humble and prove yourself before starting to help out others. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> that is insane. So yeah, no, I feel like we've covered a lot of things in the interview. Like what would you, um, let's go ahead and share some of your, like where they can find you, if they want to get some advice, if they want to continue the conversation, you know, and ask you some things, you know, of, you know, that yeah. more detailed questions. Yeah, no, before we do that, just uh, I like to wrap up interviews uh, and podcasts like this. What are uh, three takeaways that they could take from this and that they can implement and do three for entrepreneurship and three for uh, corporate? I'd say, I mean, the growth happens outside your, your comfort zone, I think, is the number one. Second one, your network is your net worth. And the third one is, is work hard, play harder, honestly. 
Okay. Have fun. Like, have a good work-life balance. Have fun, but work, work your ass off when needed. Mm. And then for entrepreneurship? Uh, for entrepreneurship, I'd say adaptability is a huge one. You get yeah, and uh, for entrepreneurship, what would you say? So for entrepreneurship, I'd say adaptability, number one. You get to be adaptable because things are going to pop out all the time. Uh, second one would be collaboration. Collaborating with people, mentoring people, learning from others. Like People are going to be the center of your attention at all times. And then the third one is just building the right culture. Whatever entrepreneur you are, whatever startup you are, you're going to want to scale eventually. But you will not scale if you don't have a strong culture where people, once again, feel like they are themselves at work so it really comes down to those three i think yeah and we're we're, we're yeah and we're we're all entrepreneurs but one one last one i would add on there is focus like you have to have laser focus as an entrepreneur or else nothing's gonna work because if you're trying to do a hundred things at once the brain isn't made for that pick one thing that you're good at and focus on that for like at least a year, you know, or try to master one thing, you know? So that's what I would say. And uh, to wrap this up, where could they find you on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, yeah. everything? Honestly, LinkedIn and, and, and Instagram are the two main ones. For, for LinkedIn, it's Niels Beeler, so N-I-E-L-S and B-I-E-H-L-E-R. Uh, and otherwise, for Instagram, it's Niels Has Wheels, N-I-E-L-S-H-A-S-W-H-E-E-L-S. So Niels Has Wheels, pretty easy. Mostly about traveling out there, but the, the LinkedIn one gets down to business when it comes to, to networking and international business in general and adaptability and all that good stuff. So um, technology a lot as well. So stay tuned. There you go. So if you guys are interested in international business or you're trying to get involved in the corporate world, I'm sure he's always willing to answer questions. He's a cool guy. So reach out to him and he'll give you all the advice you need. And with that, we just wrapped up another amazing episode. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, yeah, have a good one. All right, peace out, guys.